This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. at the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. For many jobs, the type of clothes you wear are part of the job. At a law firm, most days, men are in suits, women are in dresses. Uh, for some companies, especially in the tech sector, casual dress is the norm where you might see people in jeans or flip-flops. But the big box retailer Walmart recently made a decision to institute a dress code. And those are the two key words in this process, dress code, for its thousands of workers at its stores. Khakis and polos are the required wear for people who work there, and that's brought up a few questions. First, should Walmart institute a dress policy to begin with? And second, who will pay for these new clothes that the employer will be, the employees, excuse me, will be wearing? Uh, Deborah Weinstein teaches employment law here at the uh, Wharton School in the Department of Legal Studies and Business Ethics. She's also an employment law attorney here in Philadelphia with her own firm, the Weinstein Firm. And we welcome her to the studios uh, coming over. And uh, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you, Dan. I'm delighted to be here. This is obviously a very interesting situation because of the fact that terminology is really what is the differentiator here in this case. By using the term dress code and not using the term uniform, basically Walmart has been able to get themselves out of having to pay for all of these clothes. Well, it would seem that way. Um, and certainly in the law, the words mean, the words are everything. And they've sure. chosen to call it this way, but that doesn't mean that as a legal matter, it is that. These, whether something is a dress code or a uniform, uh, depends on whether it meets the legal definition. Sure. Remember, we're living in a world where the workplace is highly regulated. And uh, so there's no law, but there are regulations. And the Department of Labor sets the rules here. Right. Um, this issue, actually, the courts have begun to look at. Can, can an employer just do anything here? Call it whatever they want. But let me just tell you a little bit about what the uh, what the legal definitions are. So first of all, and um, a company can require a uniform. Sure, that's you know obviously, and they can also require that its workers pay for the uniform, mm -hmm. except under certain circumstances. Which are and which are number one, if that if the cost of the uniform and the cleaning, keeping it clean, would make their wages fall below. The minimum wage okay. fall below the minimum wage, and if the reason that for the uniform is for uh, to comply with government regulations, maybe OSHA, occupational safety, right. they're required to do it. Then uh, the company's got to pay the pay the tab for that. So um, dress code is another whole another um, uh, animal, um, and. Many, many companies have dress codes. We hear a lot about that and sure. a lot of complaints. There's also third issue here, really, that comes up a lot uh, besides just what does a dress code require and what's allowed mm -hmm. is can you discriminate against people because of the way that they want to dress? 
Now, in my opinion, and obviously I don't have the legal background on this, but when you're asking people to basically wear khakis and polos, and obviously Walmart in this case, they provide, uh, I guess what you call a bib that, that people will wear over that they attach their name to. You're basically wearing the same type of clothes. Everybody's wearing the same type of clothes. They're being asked to basically wear a pair of pants and a polo shirt. So does that that in, in itself constitute a, a quote-unquote uniform? Well, the, <clears throat> the, um, there are no, even though lots of people think there are, the, there are generally no bright lines yeah. in the law. Uh, and Walmart did its homework here. Sure. Uh, and um, if you'd look this up in the legal regulations, uh, actually the, the de- Department of Labor itself in interpreting the Fair Labor Standards Act uses in an old opinion letter this example as uh, khakis and a collared shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, as an example of uh, something that's not a uniform. And the reason hmm. that it's not a uniform is because it's, you know, street clothes. Sure, yeah. You know, this is kind of, you wouldn't, it's not like you're requiring them to wear a tuxedo. Sure. Um, uh, In or, the case of like working at a restaurant where you see a lot of people wearing a black shirt and a black pair of pants and a black pair of sneakers. Yeah, this is a khakis and a collared shirt. Yeah. They're making an assumption, and I think that is, some some cultural issues here. They're making the assumption at Walmart management that everybody's got a pair of khakis and a collared uh, polo shirt. Sure. Uh, whether that's the case or not, um, I think that w- so they they chose pretty safe territory as it goes. That's not to say they couldn't challenge it. Sure. Um, and that there couldn't be a class action of um, Walmart employees saying. This is not, this is a uniform. Sure. Um, we're in a time now, which is different from from many times, all times before now, right. when uh, employees are really uh, questioning small things and attorneys are organizing class action suits. You know, no attorney's going to take a case where they're going to say for one, they're going to sue Walmart on behalf of one employee. Sure. Say it's not fair. Yeah. Or it's illegal to have these uniforms. But Walmart's such a big, giant player. Yeah. That there's a lot in it for an attorney to bring a case on behalf of millions of workers. Well, and so the 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 and the second thing is different today, is that the the uh, government, unlike almost any time before now, is really enforcing these laws. Obama's enforcing the laws. Hmm. He's hired thousands of auditors to come in and audit to see whether the big players and even small players are following the Fair Labor Standards Act. Hmm. Uh, yeah, because w- when you do the math on just what these employees are looking at for, from Walmart, let's just say you know each has to get two polo shirts and, and two pairs of khaki pants. And the cost of that, some I read in some of the stories that you're talking about, you know, anywhere from forty to fifty dollars, or, or or maybe even more. I did the math last night. You know, when you factor in the 1.3 million employees, that's like sixty-five million dollars. That is just the bottom line number right from the get-go. Not factoring in if you take the responsibility of that, then you also have to uh, take care of the responsibility of replacement repair, uh, upkeep, 
you know, that's that's a that ends up being a, a large number to add to the bottom line if you're Walmart. Right. That's a big ticket item. And I can assure you that there are large numbers of attorneys who would be interested to litigate this case if they had some sense from the courts that maybe they could win. Think about the do the arithmetic as President uh, uh, Clinton likes to talk about. It's not just one year. Uh, Remember that by the time you get to the Supreme Court with this case, it's going to take many years. And so we're not looking at that many million dollars. You can just multiply multiply it out by by by, 10, whatever. And then not to mention that the target workers are going to look over here and say, well, you know, maybe these red things that you told us we had to wear, we don't, we can get back pay now for these. They shouldn't have been doing that. We're done wearing the red shirts all the time. (laughs) So where to draw the line, really, there's a lot of, it's all about money. And yeah. speaking of money, I do think that the um, that that the bigger question here might be the outrage sure. um, that um, that people uh, feel when they read about this. Right. Because after all, um, Walmart is uh, the workers that they're applying this to are people at, who are at the bottom of the food chain, the bottom of the pyramid here. Yeah. And we're in a time when people are. <clears throat> Increasingly concerned about economic inequality yeah. in this country, and also they know more and more about it. So I guess then the question is: is that with these costs associated that the, that these workers have to incur, and these are all people that are are making minimum wage or slightly o- over minimum wage, mm-hmm. going on what you said before, is that cost that they're going to have to incur? When you factor that into their their wages, take them below the minimum wage, and then bring up the issue you brought up before. So I don't. We don't have all the all the, the numbers yeah. here to to uh, uh, crunch the numbers, but um, I think that Walmart has um, um, a whole cadre of attorneys. Yeah, large cadre of attorneys who I'm sure could multiply. <laughs> if they can't, if they can, they've got so, a bigger problem. Remember that the minimum wage in this country is uh, seven dollars and twenty-five cents yeah. federal federal minimum wage, and there are um, I think um, twenty-three states and the District of Columbia have passed laws to make that number higher yep. in those jurisdictions. Yep. Um, so. Um, uh, so that's that's uh, still less than than half the states. And remember Obama when he gave his State of the Union address mm-hmm. last year, kept talking about ten ten, that that sure, was yeah. his goal that yeah. he wanted ten ten to be the minimum wage. But if you're so if uh, uh, if the if the number is seven twenty five an hour, um, so anybody that makes more than that could be required to put some of that money towards. That uniform, seven twenty-five an hour is not. Um, Especially when you factor in the, the fact that you have to have a place to live and you have to be able to have food, and if you have children, you have to feed them as well. It, it, it does make it very, very tough. Now, obviously, the, the Walmart employees are are going to balk at this because of the fact that that the costs that are, that are associated just on the factors that that we spoke alone. So, from your opinion as a lawyer, should we expect to see? some sort of legal challenge uh, to this by the Walmart employees? Uh, I mean, do they have uh, do they have a legal standing on this, or, or is this kind of one of those things that they're just going to have to bite the bullet on? I think that really depends on what whether they're able to get an attorney who will take this on as sure. a class action. 
And remember that um, in some ways these class action attorneys are really um, um, advocates in the sense that Walmart then will have to do the numbers again to see whether it's worthwhile to uh, take on, take them on, sure. and litigate this, or, a, or or figure out a settlement, or figure out a settlement, right. or a better way to do it. Right. Um, you know, there's lots of they didn't. You think about it, they really didn't have to do this. Um, they're they're already giving people vests. Sure. Um, and um, so, if the argument is that the business purpose is they need people to to know customers to know who's who is on the floor, who works for Walmart. Seems like you know a, a, a yellow vest or a whatever that <laughs> yeah. says Walmart might be good enough. Yeah. Um, actually, if they're wearing these khakis and this shirt. They could be anybody. Right. <laughs> it, do, it, it does bring up an interesting question, though, on, on a totally different venue: is the fact that uh, Walmart, as a retailer, is trying to present themselves. They're trying to up their image uh, in this case by having their employees work wear polo shirts and, and khakis. Uh, because they are trying to improve their bottom line, try and expand their customer base. So, you know, it, it really is a bit of, of a part of a PR campaign to be able to improve Walmart overall as a company, which doesn't necessarily end up affecting what the employees are being paid, you know, two, three years down the road. It's it, it's It's a very different kind of scenario that maybe not a lot of... People see the actual, you know, okay, we're only getting paid seven twenty-five an hour, and we have to now pay for this. They don't think about that as part of the formula as well. Yeah, I think it makes complete sense that Walmart would want to their employees to look more professional, and like, you know, that that would be an, uh, in terms of public relations would be good, yeah. uh, good, good marketing. Uh, it's just that it backfired on uh, in this instance, Un- unfortunately. And, yeah, and I think because it's part of a bigger picture, Walmart's. Um, has um, done some other things that didn't play well with their employees. Sure. Um, and I think that they've they've um, developed a reputation in that way. Yeah. Um, the last time I was shopping in Walmart, personally, um, I went there because there was a particular item I wanted, and I had my cart, you know, driving around looking at other things, all these great deals. So I sure. called, pulled out my cell phone, and called my daughter. My grown daughter who lives in Seattle. Yeah. And I, I said, um, uh, uh, Rosa, um, I don't have a, a lot of time right now because I'm shopping, but I just wanted to ask you about this. I was thinking about buying it. Don't you have one like this? And she said, well, where are you? What does it cost? I said, I'm in Walmart. She said, Mom, just let me just tell you, leave that shopping cart where just where it is <laughs> and walk right out of the store. <laughs> she said, do not. Do not um, uh, stop it. Go. Just go right out the door. And keep and your do, $200. And keep your $200. Do not give Walmart one penny. Huh. That's okay? interesting. She's not an employment lawyer. Sure. <laughs> but I think that people, you know, there's a, a an increasing consciousness among many people um, that when you read about how workers are being treated, that maybe you might go to Target instead. Right. There's also um, an uh, increasing um, um, amount of re- social science and business research on what it takes to get the most out of your workers. Sure. You know, to, if you're, uh, there's concern that, um, that uh, uh, employees and other workers 
um, do their best job for a company when they're engaged yeah. and really care about yeah. their work and yep. they feel like they're part of a team and yep. they want Walmart to succeed. Sure, yeah. So, uh, and uh, for if employers treat them poorly, then they don't go the extra mile. Yep. Um, there, I, uh, there was a big study involving Zappos, the, yep, shoe, the people, shoe company, yep. um, that said, you know, where they were able to measure that they really got a much better deal from from their workers when they treated them well. I, I hate to say this, but I think they might have also done research with Target, sure, the, the uh, big competitor. And so uh, lots of companies are going in the opposite direction. Well, we actually did a, a segment on the show yesterday about uh, companies that don't figure in as much as they should the cost of turnover of employees. And it relates directly to what you were saying right there is the fact that more and more companies want to make their employees feel better about their job, feel like they are part of the team. Therefore, they don't have the higher turnover rate. And then, therefore, they don't have that cost associated with the turnover, which ends up being higher than if you gave somebody just, uh, you know, a dollar an hour raise. It, it, it's it's something that a lot of companies uh, forget about. It, 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 maybe not the bigger companies, but the smaller companies. I think everybody's looking in that direction. Sure. You know, this, I, I have I've, I brought with me into the studio today an article from the Harvard Business Review. Um, so big business is looking at this too, yeah. Um, because um, um, it's become increasingly clear that this is a trend, and that it makes um, makes sense for the bottom line. Um, so and that's you know it's a sort of win win. Sure. Here um, today, I think we'll be seeing seeing more of that. And I don't know, maybe it hasn't gotten to Arkansas yet. <laughs> it might it might take a little while. Maybe President Clinton, former President Clinton can can do that <laughs> right. since he has the connection to Arkansas. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, is, is this is this something that is going to be a, a topic? Uh, this specific case is going to probably if it develops here in the next few weeks and months that not just Walmart, but a lot of other companies like Walmart are going to be watching this very closely to see how this plays out because this if this does go for the employees instead of Walmart this does have ramifications for the targets and the best buys and and those other big box retail stores that have thousands of employees across the country um, yeah, I think there's an, a lot going on in this area, and this is one piece of it. Yeah. So I think, yes, everybody's going to be watching large and small yeah. uh, as to what happens with this. But remember that we're still dealing with the general rule and where's the, where exactly is the line. Sure. Maybe you can't do this exactly. Maybe you need to, you know, but you can go a little further um, afield. So there are always going to be these kinds of arguments. So I think, though, that this is important, and I think that it um, uh, will make employers think, twice in the meantime about uh, instituting these kinds of rules on the backs of their low-wage workers sure uh, because they can see that it's a, it could create a real public relations problem for them yeah. and they they could be on shaky ground um, legally right. because we're, it's not really clear where the law where the line is and this is being challenged um, there are other other issues that come up um, mm-hmm. with dress codes routinely that we're now seeing and it might be worth just mentioning sure some of those um you know people don't really like dress codes in a lot of industries um uh and in particular because there's a real rub between some uh of um current styles mm-hmm. 
and what employers would like to see. We frequently get calls from employers about employees with um, piercings um, or tattoos. Sure. And uh, the employers feeling that that really doesn't fit in with their culture. Facial hair? Facial hair is another one, yeah. So, you know, and they want to know, is it okay that we don't hire this person because we don't want somebody who has tattoos sitting at our reception desk? So there are just... And the answer is, there's no protection. There's no, you know, people who have tattoos or piercings or... Uh, beards, general rule. Yeah. They're not protected classes. I know it's a free world, but it's not a free world. <laughs> when you get in, you know, it's it's your employer's world. Yeah. Uh, that world, that work that you go to, and they can make the rules unless there's some protection sure. under the law. Now, there's an exception, and those exceptions do have to do if it's related to someone's race or color, um, national origin, or religion. So we are seeing a case going to the Supreme Court likely this year having to do with religious garb. Really? Uh, and that has to do with Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch. You oh, know about okay. this? I did not. No. Did they did they produce a shirt that, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> no, that's no. drawing attention? <laughs> no, that's that's another uh, yeah. uh, another retailer. Yes. Um uh, so Abercrombie actually has done a number of things in this area since it is they're in the dress business. Sure. Uh, over time, they, they've run into to some problems with that. Um, a while back, they were wanting their employees to have an Aryan look mm-hmm. because that was part of their marketing campaign. That every you know they they had a whole catalog of um, uh, and brochures where everybody had blonde hair and blue eyes. Sure. And so they went to hire based on that too. Huh. Um, Which could get them in a, a little bit of trouble, right? They're still they still have something called the look, which sure. they distribute to employees, and they want people to look yeah. like that. But they certainly can't hire based on race or uh, national origin right. in order to make that happen. But so this case involves some uh, a woman who uh, was wearing a, um, a religious uh, head scarf. Okay. Muslim headscarf, I believe. And um, so that, would, of course, wouldn't fit in with the look. Mm-hmm. And so the issue is, did they need to, did they have to accommodate that? Or could they just say, we don't, we don't want her because of the look? Actually, in this case, it's a little bit more involved with legalese. She didn't, she came to the interview right. with that. Uh, but she didn't say, I need you to accommodate my my, my uh, religious belief. Right. So the issue is, you know, does somebody have to ask or could they just see that they needed to, they would need to do that? Well, as you mentioned, so, in terms of, of employment with a company, the, there are companies that you are expected to wear a, a certain type of dress, whatever that company might be. It could be, you know, it, going and working at McDonald's and you're going to wear a shirt that has that M Arches logo on it. You're expected to wear that when you're, right. when you're in and the that's, show. That's, you know, that's fine. They can make those rules. But um, we had, I'll give you another example of, um, of what can, what conflicts can arise. So I think that this is a Philadelphia parking lot case. Not not that company, but a parking lot in Philadelphia mm-hmm. some years ago uh, wanted its parking lot attendants to wear hats hmm. so that, again, they would identify that they work in the parking lot. Sure. I think it was a safety security concern that if there was an issue that you'd want you know, to you uh, know call a guard or ask someone uh, 
and the third floor. So you knew who you, you knew, had to you, spoke to, yeah. Exactly. And so they had a gentleman who uh, wore a turban for religious reasons. Sure. And he said, I can't wear the hat, you know, because i got to wear my turban. Yeah. And in this case, as in many instances where these cases arise, what the employer and employee and the courts did was think of a creative solution. <clears throat> so they said he's entitled to wear that turban, but he can't, has to wear it, have to wear the hat on top of it. Really? And that's what he did. Wow. So many, many instances where they sort of split the baby here sure. <laughs> and make it happen for everyone. But an employ employers do have to reasonably accommodate. Right. Uh, employees uh, religious beliefs so in terms of, of the Walmart case Walmart by the definition is is in the right legally uh, because of the terminology that they've used and, and the expectation of the of the uh, of the of their employees I think they're very close to the line they're yep. relying on um, a uh, guidelines from the Department of Labor, not a statute. Yep. And I think one one court has been has the only court that looks at it, at it has been has said, well, yeah, that that you could probably do that. That doesn't make it um, uh, ultimately the law. Sure. You know the the there's no law that says that that Congress passed that said that. Uh, the Supreme Court hasn't looked at it. You know the higher courts have so so. There's there's still a, a blurry line here, and this could be challenged to say: Is this really um, a uniform in disguise yeah. under the circumstances? So they got some. There's some wiggle room here um, for employees, and particularly if they organized together to challenge this. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think the that the the. That we're all going to have to wait and see. Keep an eye on this one. Yeah, just because of the the cost factor alone, I I, I think we're going to see the Walmart employees make some sort of statement or, or or make some sort of push to try and see if they can move forward with this. But as you mentioned earlier, it, it, a part of this is going to be finding a lawyer that's willing to take this this challenge on, and we'll just kind of wait and see how it all plays out. Yeah. So Dan, I think you're in a good spot though, since you're on radio. Absolutely. They have no reason, no legitimate business reason to require you. To wear a uniform. That's why I said facial hair, because <laughs> I just <laughs> didn't happen to shave today. Thank you for coming in, Deborah. Thank you very much for the discussion. Great, greatly have you coming in. My pleasure. Thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.